This is episode 106 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your hosts, Tim Bowen. A newbie is anybody under a year. I mean, if you're under a year and you're trying to flip-flop on nerve in pre-market, it's probably not going to end well. And Steven Johnson. I made 400 bucks on the short side on the way down. I was like, it's like, dude, you should have took that short as well. He's like, he's like, ah, normally I just go long until the market opens because they're always fail. And I'm like, ah, you're taking it long. I'm taking it short. Today, the guys break down Stephen's recent successful trade of NERV and also take some time to reflect on some recent changes Stephen has made that has helped him triple his account over the past few weeks. It's another good episode of Steady Trade. Enjoy. So we're back with another trading recap. Uh, Steven, which I hope he has his laptop plugged in because based on the screen share, he's got 5% battery. But that being said, um, Steven's been cracking his trading lately. He's been doing pretty well. And we had an episode planned today just kind of talking about general market sentiment and, and stuff like that, which in psychology, it's, it is kind of a psychology-related episode. But, you know, Steven was, was, was fired up. He said it several times to talk about this trade today. And, uh, you know, I was watching this ticker NERV very closely as well. I was looking for that high a day break that never came. I can see Stephen kind of annotated that area. And uh, so we've got some annotated charts and um, we're going to kind of break down this trade and some of Stephen's other recent trades. So let me get that up on screen. And then yeah, we can go to the daily first, but I mean, just, just, I mean, general, if, if we can uh, potentially show me face so we can uh, look serious. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh wait, wait. Oh, sorry. I, I, I shot. I just, I, I just want the audience to, I just want to, I just want the audience to look into me eyes. Um, we well, actually no, cut your hair. I appreciate that. So no, I've not, I've not, you've got, I've you've not got a collared shirt on. I don't see uh, when was the when was the last time I wore a, tan, a tank top? Do you call them? Do you call them tank tops? Or wife beaters or whatever? Or wife beater, yes. <laughs> no, no, but I, I just want to talk about a couple of things um, recently uh, that have that have affected uh, trading for the, for the better, for sure. Uh, what, one is um, I've had I've had to work a little bit more hours through the per- personal circumstances uh, with the with the day job. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not my choice. By choice, I didn't do it. Financially, I, I didn't really need to do it either. I just got asked to step in. So I've had to, but, um, but the crazy thing that's happened is that as a result of having to do a few more hours, I've had less time. So I've been restricted to only trading specific times and, and I've had much less time to like, uh, just do things because I'm bored. Mm-hmm. So, for example, yeah, I mean, obviously, the boredom, boredom trading is the bane of of many traders. Yeah, no, but I mean, it's it's been. I, mean, I don't want to speak too soon. I mean, I, I, I've been on a good run, six hundred bucks and a thirteen, thirteen, fourteen hundred now, and not I've had a, a, a very good level of discipline recently. And I, I don't, I don't know where it's come from, but I've had a perpetual fear of the market where I don't know where it's come from. But um, it's almost been like. I've got 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day. I know what I need to do. This stock's not set up yet. So I'm going to do all the other things that I need to do. And then I'm going to keep an eye on it now. Oh, um, there's no good stocks today running. Honestly, I've got better things to do that I actually need to get paid for. And then I'll get paid for the other stuff later on. And um, just as a general observation, 
right now, the last few weeks, trading's it's completely U-turned. And it's it's from simple things that I couldn't get over, like short and pre-market because I was bored. Now, uh, now I'm like, well, I'm not bored. I'm dead busy at work, so I'll short when the market opens. Or missing trades because, like, say the, the market's got nothing open to offer. Just miss it. Just miss, miss, miss the days that are quiet. So it's been very beneficial the last few weeks, but, um, I really wanted to talk about Nerve because it was, it was, a, I mean, I haven't been mega active, but Nerve was a, a wild, uh, volatile. Just real quick, but before we, yeah. before we, before we jump into the charts, which is our main agenda, there's a few things I want to point out that I love what you're saying. I just want to pace, make sure I place some emphasis on them. And, and that is, uh, I mean, I talked about this particularly recently. These were two episodes that, that you weren't on, but uh, with the Beyond the PDT guys and the in the interview with Sean Deckmar, I tell you, one of the biggest things trade you know new traders suffer from is over trading, boredom trading, and just you know you just do these random things and get random results. And I think you know uh, one of the reasons I actually remember I was the part time trader you know, the part-time trader guy for like six or seven years, sold my business, went into full-time trading, and I, you know, missed having something else to do. And that's one of the reasons we started the podcast. I joined Stocks to Trade as the lead trainer. I do these YouTube videos. You know, it, it it's almost, in my opinion, it sounds very counterintuitive. It's better to be busy because now you're like, hey, this is an okay setup. This is an okay. This is nothing great. I got shit to do. You know, I got, I got uh, projects over here. You know, right now I'm doing a bunch of landscaping projects. You know, it's to me, it's good to be busy because then it's just easier to walk away when you're just sitting there at that monitor for eight hours, you're probably going to trade something and it probably won't be anything. You know, it might be good. It might be bad, but I think it's a bad thing to have 10 hours of staring at the monitors as an, you know, beginner intermediate trader. You know? No, no, for sure. If you're an absolute docs genius, then if you're an absolute genius and you can spot anything and the way it's going to turn out, then yeah, yeah, sure. I'll make you millions of dollars. But if you're like 98% of everyone else, then uh, it really, really pays. I mean, from, from, I can only go from what I'm talking about, but it, it's good to learn every day by watching the market. But at the same time, while you don't have an in-depth knowledge about the market, it's kind of good just to pick the best setups and think, you know what it is? I'm maybe busy in this last half an hour. Do I really want this trade? If I do, I'm going to take a tiny size because I don't want to risk anything. Uh, but when you say you're on a half day, you finish at one o'clock, you think, got nothing to do. I'll just have a couple of beers. And then you think, I'll have a few more beers because I've had some beers. And then you think, I'm just going to gamble my whole account. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's, but it's the truth though. Like I'm, 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 maybe I'm a, a bit of an addicted person, but it's, it's the truth, eh? Yeah, I, you know, again, I, I think you make some great points there. And, and that's, that's, that's why I wanted to focus on that before we moved on. And the other tidbit you just dropped was that small size thing. And what did, what did you, you, I mean, we'll get into it more, but the last week you're up like $1,300 on a $500 account, right? Is that what you said? Uh, it's like 580, 580, 580, yeah, up 1300 on 580. So, I mean, yeah. But you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. That's my point. That's my, you know, and, and remember it's going to go up and down and, and, and Stevens had a lot of up and downs, but it just shows you that if you focus on, you know, your setup, 
You don't need ridiculous size. I mean, hey. You cut the losses. You cut, I've cut a lot of losses out that you don't say. I've cut a lot of $20 losses, $30 losses. I've cut a lot short. Uh, a lot of people don't, they only see the, the good trades. Uh, I've cut a lot of losses and I've thought, look, I'm at work. If this hits this level, I'm out. And, and, you know, and I don't, you know, again, I, I'm guessing a lot of our listeners would be pretty happy to have an extra $1,300 in a side hustle over, you know, 10 days or two weeks or however long this period is, especially when you're learning it. Try and make 1300 bucks selling crap on eBay, you know, good luck. Oh. And, and and I'll also tell you, I've not been for a single ride. Not been for one single ride. Um, and and, and just, that's, just, that's just the difference. Explain, eh? you know, I think most of our listeners are loyal, but we always get new lo- listeners. So explain, you know, that's that's one of our favorite terms, going for a ride before we move on to nerve. Just break that down. So No, and it, it, it's so uh, important that – the the trading journey when you first start to trade um you lose all the time because you get freaked out at setups or you panic as soon as you get into them and you're already down when you start um or you just kind of get tricked by the market because the market's really difficult and it's quite counterintuitive so you you just kind of always lose like most new traders will always have like a 10 15 20 25 percent win on average and they'll lose three quarters of the time and um, but then you graduate from that and you start having a maybe a slightly bigger account where you can kind of move into positions with a slightly bigger size and um you'll start winning 40 50 percent of the time but you'll start going on these rates where you'll average up or you'll average down on a position and, and you'll most of the time you'll you'll kind of come out all right but it works until it doesn't um particularly on the um, short side you know, you know, particularly on the short side. Yeah. You know, you know, the, the one thing I, the one thing I like about newer traders, traders going long is at least these stocks, they drop and then they tend to just flatline and sooner or later you just take your loss. The, the double edged sword. And when we talk about going for a ride, I mean, you're looking at negative 500, negative thousand, negative 1500, negative five grand. And it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And you always cover at the top. You know, when, when you, when you go for those rides, you'll always cover, you know, on the roller coaster ride, you'll cover precisely like a penny off the high of the day. Uh, And, and, and don't get us wrong. Like, I mean, I I covered late on NERV today. I I was short, small. It's not short, too small, but I was, I was building into NERV thinking, ah, it looks tricky, but then it's, we'll get into it, but it's new. We'll get into it later. But the, the, the bottom point is, and the final point that I'll make is somehow, somewhere, and I don't want to speak too soon, but somehow, um, you'll, you'll trade, you'll blow up your account, you'll be devastated. But then you'll, a month later, you'll trade, you'll blow up your account, you'll be devastated again. But then you'll start taking a, a month off, then two months off, then you'll think, I've, I can't let this go, so I've got to, I've got to get back in. And somewhere along the line for me, which has never happened before until now, I've, I've got a genuine, terrible fear of the market and it, and it's really a really really bad fear and i and i'm terrified of it and i'm not terrified of losing the money because i'm thinking it's i'm not trading with any size but i'm just terrified um and i and it's like i've somehow got a, this terrible fear of failure and i know that and somewhere along the line what's happened recently is that the fear of failing again is so much worse than cutting the loss early. And, uh, and, and it's a huge thing that's changed. And it's just happened and I don't know how it's happened. 
But every time I open the market, I'm very scared of what might happen. I'm very scared, and I'm on the lookout. You know, I, I, I you know, we, I, our friend and, and colleague, Tim Sykes, 50% of his teachings are screaming about that. You know, be scared of the market. You know, you know no, if you, really I mean, scared. the classic, I mean, you've heard it a thousand times, you know, you're, you're either going to be humble or the market's going to humble you. You know, if you, if you know, it, it will happen at some point. Yeah. And, and some people have got very reckless personalities. And for me, sometimes going on the ride and, and taking the gamble, it was worth gambling and winning. And if I blew up, I just blew up. Um, but I've been, I've had me confidence damaged and things have messed up so many times that it's, I don't, again, I don't want to speak too soon, but it, it feels like I've just failed too many times and I can't fail again. Um, and so that, that's where it's come from. So a couple things before we jump over to the charts, I want to ask a couple questions. Well, actually, I'm going to make a point, then I want to ask a question. Number one, I'm telling you, and, and it's like nobody wants to hear this. You know, when you see the people that turn a 1,000 into a million in a year, that's what everybody fixates on. You know, it's like the guys that, you know, turn, you know, or, or 10 grand into a 100 grand in two weeks, whatever it is, everybody fixates on that telling you, Mr. and Mrs. Listener of the podcast, 98% of you are going to follow a similar path to what Steven has. I mean, I was there. I mean, don't focus on the outliers. I mean, because you're going to, you know, just like all these drawings we bring up, you know, the people, that little path to success, that's this straight linear line. And then they show the real path. It's like squiggly lines and he crashes his bike and he, he, he actually drives his bike off a cliff into broken glass season one of steady trade podcast reference there. So listen to what Steven said. And if you're there, if you're where he is or you're where he is, a, was a month ago or a year ago, that's reality. Okay. There will be 1% of 1% that do it overnight. Odds of you being that guy or gal pretty low question. You sound very, spiritual dare i dare i say have you have you have you re- recently visited a bw3s no and and you know or, or, or let me know this is the real question that was the sarcastic question i know you had a session with kim ann Curtin, the wall street coach recently do yeah, you because i'm looking forward to mine i had to cancel yeah, last week do you think your you, your mindset seems different to me from two weeks ago you think it was her? Was it you? Was it, you know, yeah, it's, uh, aliens? Bigfoot? Yeah. I always think that. I always think that. I always think um, we had the session with Kim and Kitten is obviously we had the we had a one-hour session and how can someone have such a profound difference in, in such a short period of time? Um, and, and to be honest, a lot of the conversation that I had with her was like, I'm, I'm, I'm done with trading. Like I've been failing all the time. I'm sick of it. I want to move on to more creative paths. And she said... Look, all you need to look within and then find out what makes you excited again. And, and then I thought, yeah, yeah, I need to move, move on and find what's exciting again. And then something stirred inside of her. She, she throughout the, throughout the episode, she got us to tap into a 23 year old version of me that was a go getter, ambitious, driven. And things started stirring and, 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 uh, and it, we didn't talk about me becoming a, like this trader or giving it a hundred percent again. We talked about something else. But you unlocked something that said to me, I'm not giving up on this. She didn't tell us to not give up on it. She told us to pursue something else. 
But it unlocked in me something that says, I am not giving up on this. And I'm going to, I'm going to visit this with more rigor than ever before. And I'm going to take it more seriously with more persistence than before. And I'm, and I'm fucking cutting them losses. I'm cutting them because I'm a joke putting this on the internet if I don't. <laughs> just to look like a look like a fat idiot. Um, so yeah, well, that's that's good to know. I get you know. I'm telling you, uh, I, we've done 110 of these podcasts. We've met in person. Um, you know, more than once. More than once. <laughs> but but um, I tell you, your 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 mindset seems a little different to me. So so as we're we're gonna jump in, I think we set this up sufficiently. Um, if you're listening to this out of sequence. Definitely check out the episode with Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street Coach. I think it was episode 100, somewhere in there. And then, again, if you're listening out of sequence, uh, Stephen and I did some sessions with her as well. So maybe by the time you hear this a month or so down the road, definitely check those sessions out because uh, Stephen and I actually sat down with Kim and got psychoanalyzed with emphasis on psycho in Stephen's case. So uh, <laughs> let, me, let me share my screen. <laughs> So uh, as usual, if you're on iTunes, we will do our best to kind of break this down. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try and break it down as much as possible. But if you are listening on iTunes, you could bring up the chart for NERV on June 24th, 2019. My, my wedding anniversary, by the way. Uh, so bring it up on June 24th. Look at NERV. We're going to be jumping back and forth between a 10-year one day chart and a five day, one minute chart. So you could just bring those up and follow along. So, okay. So if we, if we just jump to the daily, uh, I'll tell you what I see straight away. I mean, NERV uh, normally it's like a, for me, it's normally a bit of a bread, like in terms of the sector, it's a bread and butter short only because the sector is biotech by principle biotechs. Uh, there's millions or thousands of millions of them. They all try and create a miracle drug. 99.9% fail to create a miracle drug, but they all need to try and keep themselves running as long as possible. So they'll often spin press releases to hype up the, um, to hype up the stock price to then create offerings to then sell the stock shares of the stock price Which at a higher what price. We would, what we would refer to as this is really, I mean, the pump and dump, the traditional pump and dump doesn't really exist anymore. But the biotech pump and dump has been around since the, well, since the beginning of biotechs. So what Stephen broke down there and broke down very well is basically the, the bio, the biotech pump and dump. Yeah. And, and biotechs are like the, the, the biotechs are like the best short ever. If, if I ever see like a, a layup short, it's generally a biotech. Like you never see them in the finance with banks. You never see them like supermarkets. You never see them technology companies. Generally those, those companies make money and they, they don't really need to <laughs> raise money through telling lies, right? Or exaggerating the truth, we'll say for a better well, word. And, and the simple, you know, and, and you're taking the skeptical approach, which, which I appreciate. After but on the flip side, you know, you know, they have, they have no product. You know, they can't sell anything because they don't have anything to sell yet. But, they got some ideas. They got some technology. Like you said, they're trying to stay alive. Now, a lot of them are sketchy, but a lot of them are just trying. You know, you can't, I mean, it takes years to get a drug to market. So just because you're losing money for years doesn't necessarily mean you're sketchy, though most, true, of, these true. most of these low price biotechs are pretty sketchy. You know, I'm, and <laughs> and, and just, just, to, just to pre-reference that, the other thing is, um, and the most important thing is actually, 
if it is a biotech and if it does have genuinely authentic news, it's not trading 300,000, 400,000 shares pre-market. It's trading millions and millions and millions. Well, and everyone already knows about it. Uh, and that's the most important thing. Like, if it's a biotech, if it's downtrending, if the press release looks a bit fluffy, and if it's trading 300,000 pre-market on a downtrending chart with a 50 million float, chances are the news isn't that Ooh, awful. That sounds like someone built Bago, a case on Nerve. Bagwater's not going to sell. No, no, but Nerve was a tricky one because, like, Nerve, and I said this on Twitter, I was... I was tweeting about it. I was saying there's not that much in the stock market today in terms of short on the on one day runners. And Nerve Nerve was a bit scary because it's it's kind of like it's it's hitting 52 week highs, then it's coming down, then it's coming back. Um, and that, if we just go back to the daily, um, oh, sorry, sorry. whoops! I thought you were ready. To, I was I was anticipating instead. No, of and, and then something you should never do in trading: you should always react, never anticipate. But but you see that gap up? Do you see the last time it hit 32 million volume? Yep. It, it kind of, it really gapped and it looked like it put a bit of a spike there it looked like it had a bit of a day two there. It's like you, you, you're really not thinking on on any kind of relative volume. You're not thinking I really want to kind of, I want to go short on the first day here because it, it, gap, it gaps and it has some sort of go in it. And it's it's not been too recently at 52 week highs and i'm like oh this this looks a bit funny so i was, I was a bit straight away it's not a layup short really would you would you agree or and the fact that it's yeah, in yeah. Neuroscience, again, neuroscience neuroscience what what i was looking at um you know and, and i want to focus on your idea so the the trade plan i had and i was watching nerve closely i never touch these pre-market i want to i want them to prove themselves and we we talked about this for 20 minutes in stocks to trade pro this morning. What I wanted to see was this thing to hold through pre-market, ideally spike at the open, pull, scare everybody out, lure in the shorts, and then re-break the high of the day. It never came. I never touched it because my plan was a high volume, high a day break plan. Basically that 945 dip and rip, I call it a lot. It never came. But the beauty of that is it never came no harm, no foul. You know, yeah, Steven made money. I didn't trade it, but trade plan, having a detailed broke down trade plan also kept me from losing that. No, but I mean, I mean, that's a, that's a really, uh, it's a really fascinating way of looking at it. And it's kind of the fact that like, you don't know what this stock's going to do. I don't know what, I don't know what this stock's going to do, but, but the game of trading is kind of twofold. It's first, what are the majority of longs going to do? What are the majority of shorts going to do? And second, is the kind of some sort of institution that looks like it's going to manipulate this and push it one way or the other? And for me, like recently, I've, I've always got those two things in my head. I think I've been trading a few years. You've been trading 20 years or whatever. 12, what are the 12? What are the majority of shorts thinking here? What are the majority of longs thinking here? And can I do the opposite? But the second thing is, is someone manipulating this stock? And if you go to, uh, if you go to the intraday chart, and uh, if you look at point A, some sort of news has come out. It's popped up. And for me, this, I mean, point A, you've got the point B, you've got this big spike. Point C, it, you had a, a, a little kind of quick sell off. And then it's, it's holding and it, it just looks like from point B to point C, it looks, looks pretty natural. You're not seeing a quick, quick decline, decline. You're not seeing much. Just real quick. I want to set something up for the listener. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll work with it, but Stephen kind of cropped out the time of day. Just know that this kind of light pink 
is, is pre-market. So you can see the light pink is pre-market, then white is after the market open. So just keep that in mind as he breaks this down. And then right here where my mouse cursor is, you can see that that's the open and then that's that weak open I talked about. But go ahead. I just wanted to lay that out so they can yeah, see what's Yep. So. And that, that's a million at the open now. Eh? That's a million in one minute. That's a million in the first minute of the day, which is quite impressive. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it looked like a, a bit of a nothing day in terms of the stock market for me. There was some 30%, uh, it's not as nothing as, as the summer sometimes can be, but you had some 30% thing, you had some 30% spike, spike as you had some 40% spike as, but nothing on real volume, nothing looking too impressive. Um, and then I, I saw Nerve. Yeah, the only, the and, only, the, the, the two, the, as, as Stephen makes fun of biotechs, the two, one of the reasons I knew today was potentially very lame. The two biggest gainers we had, other than Nerve, were two stocks, the two sectors that I will never, ever, ever, ever buy. We had a female Viagra play, and we had an obesity gadget play, and both of them spiked and got destroyed. So I was like, to me, that's why I was, Nerve was about the only thing out there, yeah. No, but I mean, Nerve, if you ever hear cancer, or if you ever hear neuroscience, then you think, oh, these are illnesses that two people care a lot about anything pediatric and people care about children. So if any of the biotechs have any hope, it's kind of cancer, children, uh, and potentially neuroscience third. So neuro, the word neuro, like I don't read the things in detail, but neuroscience scared me a little bit. I was like, oh, it, it's not. Yeah, I, it's not- I, I, when, when it comes to like conviction, that's why I mentioned the, the female Viagra and the obesity gadgets. You want, yeah, exactly. conviction, you want conviction on shorts? Those are the ones that get convicted on. But Stephen yeah, is right. Know. You know, you see brain stuff, you see cancer, children stuff. These are, these are emotional things. And, and this goes back to that, you know, we're going to do an episode on animal spirits and that kind of plays into that. Yeah, and, and I, the, the first analysis, like when I go back to it, you've got phase one of analysis and it's like a doctor. Phase one of analysis, longs v shorts. Uh, the longs v shorts analysis is that uh, the float is pretty high. It's 40, 50 million. The volume at this time pre-market around 830 is not that high. It's like 400, 500,000. And you just think there's not enough demand in the market in general. And there's certainly not enough demand for the market in this stock uh, for anyone to react to this news. And it looks like the existing shareholders are going to outweigh the buyers and the stock's going to drop. And, and that does happen a lot of times with biotechs. Uh, people are trapped in biotechs. They're quite high floats. The stock spikes up on some fluff news. Uh, and the sellers who've been trapped in the stock from a lower price always outweigh the buyers and the stock drops. And, and I thought that might be the case with NARV today. And, and, and it was a typical kind of shorts will dominate longs and, and shareholders will outsell buyers. That, that was the initial perception I had. Uh, but when you look at uh, number C on the intraday chart, or, or you could also look at letter C if you wanted to. Letter C. Did I say number C? <laughs> Either way. If you look at, if you look at letter C, um, there's, the, the volume spike really doesn't look, uh, very high. It doesn't look significant because you, you had a million at the open. But, but that volume spike was significant. This is, this is yeah. pushing into 830. You know, you're kind of getting into the heat of the day. Now I would say this as well, just to set some context. There was an 8.30 a.m. conference call. So this did kind of perk up into that conference call as well. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't know about the conference call, to be honest. I sent a tweet out and like, this is this stock manipulated? Is someone pushing it up? But obviously, there was some sort of news on the conference call that pushed it. And that's me not doing enough research. I should, If I did more research, I'd be quicker to cover and I would have saved some money on me short. But I, I was building in a little bit on the short. And then when I saw 
the big volume when I saw the the stock perking really strongly in comparison to previous data, I just cut I just cut it straight away. In the past, I wouldn't have cut it. I would have just been like, I'll short higher, I'll short higher, and I would have come with a big loss. So, so where we at on the chart? Where'd you enter and exit then? I, I shorted like a hundred shares, a hundred shares at five fifty, thinking right. I'll I'll build into lower okay. highs. Okay. No, I'm just do. I just wanted to kind of let the listeners in. Yeah. So. Yeah, but uh, I I covered at I covered at about five ninety. Five, I was I was in at about five sixty five seventy. I covered about maybe the five six or six tens, and and I was like pissed off. I was like, oh god, I've covered at the top again. Little did I know it went up to the eights, and I was thinking, oh no, you're learning something. Um, but but to be honest, when I when I initially covered, I thought my initial analysis was, if I've been trading two years. And I've found money shorting stocks that look like the relatively good shorts, then surely there must be a ton of other people shorting as well. I like that. I like that kind of, you know, I, I talk about that a lot in Stocks Trade Pro. You know, think about the other side of the trade because there's a lot of people. I mean, there's, there's two sides to every trade. Well, actually, there's more than two sides when you think about, you know, different approach, long term versus short term, et cetera. But think about the guy on the other side of the monitor. What's he thinking? Get yourself in tune with the market. No, but for sure. And and there's always the thing as, as well as like, oh, it's up too much. I've missed it. And and you've there's a with experience you get analysis for that as well. So I initially cut it around the the it, it broke five fifty, five sixty, I was cutting five ninety six and, and then I let it go. But then when it pushed to seven or when it pushed six fifty, six sixty. And then it, you see that little red consolidation, that red consolidation candle before it broke again. I thought, you know what it is? That's broke high of day. It's held high of day. It's pre-market. Shorts are underwater. I'm going to take that long for a little little right up and I can just cut it if it breaks back under the high of day and the shorts reclaim control. And I took that and I made the money back that I was short that I'd lost. I made it back long going up to the, the 750s, 760s, 770s. Beautiful. Nice. Way to be Which, agile. Well, yeah. Yeah, but it's scary because some people will be like, oh, you shouldn't flip-flop. You should have an indecisive decision. But I also think like, nah, you've kind of got to think who's long in this, who's short in this, who's shocked, who thought this was a little short and like surprised. Um, the, the volume is out of nowhere and it's massive compared to previously. I thought, no, no, I think we'll, we'll, we'll try this. And then, of course, I always listen to Papa John. A lot of these stocks that run big pre-market that generally fail around the open. So I wasn't, I wasn't jumping to short at the open, but when you get that, um, when you look at figure E, when you see that kind of triple top on the one minute, when you yep. see that it, it's pushing, but it also, make also that high. a, a, and again, this is an upcoming episode because of requests. Also, it's a whole dollar, half dollar, you know, that's that key psychological level. So now everybody's thinking, oh man, it tried to break eight, tried to break eight, tried to break eight, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't. Triple top, also pinned to a whole dollar, half dollar. These are all areas that people are keying on. And and this and hindsight trading is wonderful. And I uh, and I mean we're talking about nerve uh, NERV, and I can't tell you what my nerves were like. I was I was pretty I was pretty good, scared. Good. Pretty scared because you 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 talk about a stock that's gone. I don't I don't I don't ever want to talk to the half drunk Stephen down three (laughs) k on a short and he's like yeah whatever. I'm glad you're freaking scared. Thank thank the Lord. It's it's taking some time, but I mean when you see a stock go from five fifty to eight, and you're you're shorting at seven fifty at about nine forty nine forty five, 
and and it might not just break through it. It's gonna rip through it. It's gonna go eight fifty nine ten if it rips through. And that, and that was my what I was looking for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, yo, and 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 I was like pre market. Do you know when it broke the higher day? I was thinking, is it gonna hold? Your setup was more during the day. Yes. Is it gonna totally, break? Totally. Yeah. Is it going to hold? So, well, look, I went long pre, you went long, you were going to go long uh, during the day, but it's a similar kind of setup. Break, pull back, break again, hold, and then rip. Um, yeah. It's the same thing, but obviously during the day, you've got more volume, you've got more people, pre-market's more sketchy, it's safer to go during the day. Um, but yeah, I, I saw the lower high. It was absolutely terrifying. I had people asking us questions at work, and I'm like, I don't want to answer your questions. I'm shit, <laughs> shit pants. Um, <laughs> But it paid off, and 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 honestly, when it was even, I know Papa John, Papa John took a pre-market long as well. He made some bucks, then he took it short from the sevens to the sixes, and then he was off to work. So congratulations, Papa John. Um, I was short, I was short around the six seventies, six eighties when it when it broke that seven twenty level that that's on the cursor. I was short around that level, but it was so volatile, and it kept on looking like it was going to rip up, and the volume's dead high, and it's. It's ran on on similar volume just not long ago. Like I was too terrified. I was like, "Not, nah, I'm not hanging around for this." Good luck, Papa John. He made the right decision, but it wasn't for me. Well, and, and you know, I know it's a, a, maybe getting redundant at this point, but I'm telling you, if you are a now, obviously, if you're a veteran, if you've been shorting stocks for 30 years, but I mean, if you're a new trader and you aren't scared shitless shorting a bio day one biotech. You need to talk about adjusting your mindset. You should be scared. You know, you should be worried about what this thing does. And when you see a nice profit, you freaking run away as fast as possible. So your mindset is exactly where you should be. I mean, if you want to be that guy, you want to be short and day one runners, you have to be scared. You can't be complacent. No, and and it's and it's so scary as well because like Say any RV around that seven level or six eighty level, when that thing's double bottoming, triple bottoming, or when it's making a higher low, that's not like oh, it's a lower high. It's you don't think of it. Oh, it's a lower high. It's a higher low and it's a lower high, depending on how you look at it. But you don't think it's a lower high. You think this shit is double bottoming. It's soaking up the bid and it could explode at any second. It is terrifying. It's terrifying to watch. And the minute it picks a bit, you think, is this the pit before the big? just crazy spike. Uh, so it's, it's, it's not an easy short. It's not a nice short. There's much better shorts in the market. Uh, but I mean, on this day, you kind of, you play what you can safely. And, well, and, uh, and, you know, and kind of, we can kind of close, wrap this up a little bit, but you know, my point is that, you know, whether it be Kim and Curtin, whether it be your, your recent, you know, philosophical journey to, BW3s in Thailand, you know, your mindset's yeah, different. Know what that means. And you're recognizing these, you know, you're, rec- you're recognizing a, a, a potential setup. You take, you broke it all down and rewind the tape. You can hear all, Stephen broke it all down, all the reasons why he was short biased. Then you took the trade and then you had your finger on that exit trigger the whole time. That's different than the old Stephen. Okay, that's maturity there. And it's a bit scary because you, you're taking profits on the long side and you're taking profits on the short side, which is, uh, which I think sometimes is gambling, to be honest. Uh, I think well, sometimes I you go back to, you know, you know, so many Reason. of these things, there's so many of these things. It's like, I mean, if you're, if you're a month into trading, 
and you're trying to go long and go short in the same day, please knock that off, okay? I mean, there's things you can do when you've got two years under your belt that you should not be doing when you've got two weeks or two months under your belt. So I'm not a big fan of flip-flopping either, but most of the time I'm advising newer traders. I'm like, listen, trade your plan, and then that's it. If it doesn't work, move on, come back tomorrow, come back this afternoon, but don't sit here and try and go back and forth, go back and forth. If you're starting out with a $1,000 account or a $2,000 account, you just got to grind you to death if you try and do that. Now, two years later, different story. And commissions will grind you to the death as well. But but to be honest, a lot of people will um, they'll maybe go short. They don't have experience. They get shocked and surprised. And then think, oh, I'm just going to go long. It's going up. Or, oh, no, it's gone up too far. I'm just going to go short. But I think if you, and again, let's see what happens in the next weeks and months. But if you, um, sometimes you get a more overarching view where you think, if this happens, all the shorts are screwed. If this happens, all the longs are screwed. And if I'm in a short position and I'm screwed, I'm going to get out very early so I can go long, uh, so I can take advantage of the shorts having to cover. So, so there's a different strategic element to it, but it's also, um, I, I still, I still don't recommend flip flop. And I think if you're going to do it, you should have very tight stop losses and you should have very good risk management. And Otherwise, again, don't bother. You know, my I totally agree. And my emphasis would be. If you're a quote unquote newbie, which me, a newbie is anybody under a year. I mean, if you're under a year and you're trying to flip flop on nerve in pre-market, ugh, it's probably not going to end well. So, yeah, but yeah, but again, I'll back up what you say. There's no harm not doing it. I saw Papa John again. He made sure. like three and a half thousand. He went, he went, he went long. I can't remember what he went long, but he, he went long like about four days ago and made three and a half grand. Then he was like out. And I was thinking, I was like, dude, yo, I made 400 bucks on the short side on the way down. I was like, it's like, dude, you should have took that short as well. He's like, he's like, I ah, normally I just go long until the market opens because they're always failing. I'm like, ah, you're taking it long. I'm taking it short. And, and that's how these stocks are. It's like, it's, it's just understanding the patterns and being around long enough to, to just n- understand the characteristics of the behavior. Like any RV, I was waiting for something ridiculous like that to happen. I was thinking this looks a bit too sketchy. It looks like it could just push at any second. And I was waiting for it. And the minute it did, I, I was out. Um, but in the past, I would have thought, oh, it shouldn't have spiked there. I should just short more. This price isn't warranted. This is this price is too high for this stock. I should just short more. And, and the real lesson is really respond to price action as priority. And it's what Tim Sykes says from day one, but it takes years for it to finally kick into your head. But it's price action as priority. Well, in summary, um, thank you, Stephen. Um, I think it was a, it was it was a great set up. I, I mean, well done. Great trading. I love that early day cut, you know, for 20 cents a share or whatever it was. Um, and I tell you, you know, to the listener, listen to Steven. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. If you got time and you should ever listen to every episode of steady trade hundreds of times, but I'm telling you, if you, if you've been along from the beginning or, or if you're just discovering us now, listen to some of those earlier episodes and man, this guy, I, you know, I, I really see a change and, and a maturity and a growth. And whether that's Kim Ann Curtin, whether that's just, you know, being busy and focused. I, I, I think it's probably the biggest thing is just being busy and focusing on one setup, you know. And and uh, so, so well done, Stephen. I love it. I love seeing the growth, man. You know, I always – I talk about this all the time. I want everybody to succeed. I want everybody to be happy, successful, pursue their passions, get a little bit better every day. And uh, I see that with you, man. Well done. Love it. 
but and 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 it's it's also it's not to say that I'm not not going to fail and, sure. and should should I should I double go. no but I mean should I double this account triple this account and blow up I, I hope it doesn't happen but then I'll think well let's just put the five hundred in and next time I'll quadruple the account and and grow it five times and six times and and I don't know many traders who can who can double and triple their account I don't know many at all. So it's it's all about progress. It's all about getting to the next level uh, and and learning as you go and maturing and and eventually learning those those major key lessons. Well said. So in summary, um, just if you missed it, N E R V is the ticker. It is June twenty fourth, two thousand nineteen. Some of the things we mentioned were particularly the podcast with Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street Coach. Definitely check that out. And then also. Depending on when you hear this, there might be a couple more sessions. We plan on having Kim back a lot. So, again, if you kind of randomly stumbled across this episode, be sure to check those out. And we appreciate it. Stephen, take us out. Tell us tell us an amusing story. Do you have a bad British uh, joke? What's a, what's a British joke? Not not really anything amusing to say. Just just want to say that that uh, everyone should hang in there, stick in. You you don't know when things are going to turn. You might just be around the corner. Uh, I may be further away than I think that I am, but um, as long as you still love what you're doing and you get a buzz, then 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 keep doing it and stick in because you you never know when it's going to pay off. And that's not monetary rewards. That's just pure satisfaction of you growing as a human being. Well said. Great wrap up. Hi, this is Aaron, a.k.a. Double A-Ron from New York City, and I like to go outside and find a stray dog, preferably an aggressive breed like a pit bull or a Rottweiler. Then I get real close, stare it down eye to eye until it starts to chase me. Then I run. That's right, I run while listening to Steven and Tim on the Steady Trade Podcast. You can register to win real, actual prizes at their website, SteadyTrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. I did, and this is how we say goodbye in New York City. (laughs) 